Can you honestly say this special prayer? Psalm 26 is a prayer of vindication. The psalmist is speaking to the Lord. He's going through something and he's speaking to the Lord about his life and what type of person he is. And the challenge, though, of Psalm 26 when we read it is to look at this and go, can I honestly say the same thing about myself? Am I the same type of person? Could I really say this prayer and mean it just like the psalmist meant it in Psalm 26? And so Psalm 26, which has 12 verses, it's broken down into two parts. And the first part is all about this. He's saying to God, God, I have walked in your way without wavering. Can you honestly say to God, I've walked in your way without wavering? It says in, in starting verse 1, it says, Vindicate me. I oh, just listen to this guy's life. This is how he describes himself. He says, uh, according to the, the subscript, it's from David, King David. It says, Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity, and I've trusted in the Lord without wavering. Examine me, O Lord, and try me. Test my mind and my heart, for your loving kindness is before my eyes, and I have walked in your truth. I do not sit with deceitful people. Nor will I go with pretenders. I hate the assembly of evildoers, and I will not sit with the wicked. I will wash my hands with the innocent, and I will go to your altar, O Lord, that there I may proclaim the voice of thanksgiving and declare all your wonders. So David here, he's asking God to vindicate him, to help him, because he's saying, I have walked in your way without ever wavering. And he gives some descriptions of this. In fact, He's so confident that he's followed the Lord without wavering here that he tells God, hey, test me, examine my mind, examine my heart, see if I've, I've got, as he says in another psalm, see if I've got any other poor way going about me. I mean, what a challenge there in that one verse to say, God, examine my mind, examine my heart, and is there any way that I have wavered in following you? And so we ask ourselves, you know, have you walked in truth, in God's truth, without wavering? Have, have you never failed in following God's truth? Have you noticed the type of people? Part of this is he's saying the company he's kept. And it's interesting in this verse, in this chapter, that he equates walking in without wavering before God with the type of people that he surrounds himself with. So he says he doesn't surround himself with deceitful people. He doesn't surround himself with pretenders. We probably all know some people that are pretenders. He said he doesn't surround himself with people who are wicked or who do evil. In other words, people that follow the Lord. Instead, he says he tries to always sit and stand with people who are pure, who are innocent, who go all to the altar of the Lord. And so that's the first part he says. He says, I followed your way without wavering. And part of that following way without wavering means that I've always kept company with people who are following the Lord and are innocent instead of keeping company with people who are not. And then he says the second part, and the prayer is, he's basically saying, God, I love to be where you are. God, I love your presence. Can you honestly say today, God, I love to be in your presence? Because check out what he says in, in, sorry, in verse 7, I believe. He says, 8, it says, Oh Lord, I love the habitation of your house. In the place where your glory dwells. Do not take my soul away along with sinners, nor my life with the men of bloodshed, whose hand is a wicked scheme and whose right hand is full of bribes. But as for me, I shall walk in my integrity, so redeem me and be gracious to me. My foot stands on a level place, and in the congregations I shall bless the Lord.
So David's super concerned because he's afraid that God's going to take him away from his presence. He says, I love the habitation of your house, the place where your glory dwells. David didn't live in a time where the temple existed yet. There was the tabernacle, but there wasn't the temple. Where God's glory dwells is wherever God's people are. And so he says he loves to be in the place where God's presence is. And he's terrified that he's going to do something or that God's going to put him in a place with, or sweep him away with people that's going to make it so he doesn't experience God's presence anymore. He's terrified of being out of God's presence. And so he says, redeem me and be gracious to me, God, because I've walked in integrity. And he says, God, I stand on level place because it's in the congregations I will bless the Lord. It's interesting as we look at these passages because, you know, a lot of times we can accurately really say, you know, I can experience God's presence at home. I can experience God's presence listening to music or hymns on my phone, listening to these devotional videos or sermons online. And in a way, that is true. In fact, that's, that is a place where God's glory can dwell. But for David, he specifically says, I want to be in your presence. And your presence is most powerful where your people congregate together. He says, I'm going to be in the congregations. And it's in the congregation I'll bless the Lord. I think that's what makes COVID difficult because it's hard to be places physically. And thankfully, we can be online and join in some way online. So we can still feel like we participate. But there is a almost like a... a difference in the presence of the Lord when we participate in the local body of the church. And so can you say what David says here? Can you say, I love to be in the presence of the Lord and relate to that, Lord, don't take away your presence from me. You know, this is a challenging thing and it, I'll encourage you to look at 26 and each a verse and say, can I say this verse honestly? Because it's super challenging. And here's the truth. In all reality, none of us can honestly say this with 100% accuracy that we've completely walked with God without wavering and we've always loved to be in God's presence. That's why we're so excited that salvation is not based on those two factors. But while salvation is solely based on the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, was buried and rose from the grave, so if we place our faith in Jesus Christ, that's how we get to God, and that's how we get saved, because if we're honest with ourselves, none of us can say both of those prayers all the time with all honesty. So praise the Lord that his salvation is not from us being perfect, but from Jesus Christ. And so the applications, the things you can do today is first, if you haven't accepted Christ, do that today, because... If you can't walk perfectly with God, you can't be with God, which is why we need Christ who walked perfectly for us and died for us so we can get to God. So we need to accept Christ so we can get to God. And then secondly, after we accept Christ by faith, we need to do as in response what these passages say. Live a life where we try our best to walk with God without wavering and live our life, try our best to be in God's presence without wavering because we're thankful and love what Jesus did for us on the cross.